Welcome to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. It's Friday. Hooray, it's Friday. Today is Friday. Yes, indeed, boys and girls, it's finally Friday, August 19th, 2022, and you have made the wise decision to listen to this edition of the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. August 19th. Wow. In two more days, we will be fully into the culmination of 19 months of the gropey Joe Biden presidency. Can you believe it? Before I get started today, I want to remind you all that yesterday I talked about people drinking the Kool-Aid. Remember, I said it multiple times, drinking the Kool-Aid, drinking the Kool-Aid. When I turned on the computer this morning to browse through the headlines, an ad popped up on MSN.com's site where all the headlines pop up. And there it is. Oh yeah, the Kool-Aid Man, liquid Kool-Aid strawberry drink, available at Amazon.com. That was the first ad that popped up. You believe that? They are definitely listening. I browsed through social media on my cell phone today and on the Bookface app, and I say it that way so I don't get sued, on the Bookface app, there were ads for Kool-Aid. They are definitely listening. Gropey Joe Biden is breathing a sigh of relief, supposedly, according to the AP in Washington. He and his allies hope that what they're calling big wins on climate, health care, and more will at least temporarily tamp down questions amongst top Republicans about whether or not gropey, mopey, dopey Joe Biden will run for president again. They've tried to change his image of late. He's been seen more wearing baseball caps and aviator sunglasses, and they've asked him to speak a little clearer and a little more up-tempo. The optimism, however, may be short-lived if and when former President Donald Trump announces whether he will make another run at the White House. But for now, the will Joe Biden or won't Joe Biden parlor game appears to be on hold. Democrat Virginia Governor Terry McAuliffe said, I think naysayers are pretty quiet right now. I think they've seen reality. You see, in just the past several weeks, your president, gropey Joe Biden, the man who created the current inflation, the current recession, the current stagflation, 
the over 4 million illegal trespassing invading aliens at our southern border. The man who presided over the disastrous withdrawal of Afghanistan, or from Afghanistan rather, which saw 13 American service people killed and hundreds if not thousands stranded behind enemy lines. Yeah, that guy, Joe Biden. The man who refused to take the blame for empty shelves, for high prices, and for all of the other woes, including the high crime in America, on his watch, now 19 full months, well over a year and a half into his presidency, nothing is built, nothing is back, nothing is better. But he signed into law a lie called the Inflation Reduction Act that even Democrats now admit will not reduce inflation. He signed the climate and prescription drug package, and they claim that this accomplishes many of the party's long-held objectives. Congress has sent him bills that impose limits on guns. He set out a plan to boost high-tech manufacturing. He sent a drone strike to kill a guy who I think was already dead. And he's trying to take credit for gasoline prices falling back around $4 a gallon. There are also some signs that the market is finally doing what the market does, countering Joe Biden's disastrous running of the economy and lowering some prices. All of this seems to have eased, at least temporarily, the debate over Biden's future that was spreading like wildfire. Democrats running for re-election were struggling to answer whether America's oldest, feeble-minded, mental patient president should seek another term. But now they have a fresh agenda that they can campaign on heading into the midterm elections. The president has even increased Democratic fundraising efforts. And actually, some Democrat candidates want to see him on the campaign trail. He knows the same lawmakers will need to create distance from him to win races in their own towns, so he's staying away. Remember Cedric Richmond, the Blafrican-American, 13% hyphenated minority guy from New Orleans that pandered and got a job in the Biden administration as an advisor, and then when things were not looking so good for Biden, Cedric Richmond did what most Democratic people do when they're under fire. He tucked tail and ran. Well, he left for a Democratic National Committee job. He says he isn't sure the spate of positive news will put an end to those questions of whether or not gropey Joe Biden should run in 2024, but he thinks it should. He says for tried and true Democrats, the answer is simple. Yes, he should run. Yes, he should be our nominee. Yes, he will win. But comments like that never make the news, said Richmond, a former Louisiana congressman. So the only story was when somebody waffles or blows the question. Joe Biden gets up every day. He flip-flops. He has to read his cue cards, and he can't even do that. My friends, if someone were to say that a president had a record of accomplishment that Joe Biden is claiming to have, they would laugh at him. Biden will have more bad weeks in the news. The bottom line is he is senile, demented. He belongs in a home, a nursing home, not at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. My friends... While Biden sits there and continues to run our nation into the ground, the liberal, progressive, woke, mainstream, leftist media will continue to try and prop him up. But guess what? Even his latest lie, the so-called Inflation Reduction Act, will harm the American consumer. And the American public needs to know this going into the midterms. 
The American Petroleum Institute, by the way, represents the fossil fuel industry. It's the largest fossil fuel industry group in the U.S. And they are opposed to Biden's signing of the lie, the so-called Inflation Reduction Act, that will actually raise inflation. They've opposed the tax increases that are coming along with that bill. Because let's face it, big oil makes big money. Even though they dump most of their profits back into exploration, drilling, shipping, transportation, refining, and retailing, Biden doesn't care. 15% minimum corporate tax will be passed on to every single consumer of those products. The API says it opposed several tax increases impacting the U.S. oil and gas industry, including the so-called lie, the Inflation Reduction Act, adding that taxes will mean increased costs. There it is. They just said it. That same group argued the bill was poorly timed, coming amid a recession caused by Joe Biden. While inflation is at a 41-year record high caused by Joe Biden, there's a significant imbalance between supply and demand driven in part by the joke to transition to green energy away from oil and gas. In other words, when Joe Biden says, I'm going to end fossil fuels on the campaign trail and on his first day on the job, why would any oil and gas company want to go out and explore to get more of something Joe Biden is trying to end? The context in which the bill was considered, if you examine it within the context, you realize this bill falls far short of addressing both economic and global energy security challenges that the U.S. is facing. Specifically from the oil and gas industry's perspective, this bill imposes significant taxes on the industry here in the U.S. at a time where the U.S. should be incentivizing supply in order to lower costs for the average American. When gropey Joe Biden's shaking feeble fingers signed that so-called Inflation Reduction Act on Tuesday, less than a month after they convinced Joe Manchin to go ahead and push it, and less than a week after both the House and Senate passed it solely on party lines, the disaster is yet to unfold for America. This new law reinstates the $11.6 billion Superfund tax on oil and petroleum companies. That will be passed on to the consumer. It introduces new $6.3 billion in taxes on natural gas producers. Just wait till your heating bill comes in the upcoming cold winter, my Truth Hurts program listeners. That $6.3 billion tax will most certainly be passed on to the consumer. Now, why am I saying it so slowly? Because I understand there are some liberal, progressive, woke Democrats now listening to the Truth Hurts program so that they can find ways to pick it apart and lie about it on other progressive programs. This so-called Inflation Reduction Act will also impose that corporate minimum 15% tax on large corporations that make over a billion dollars a year. The government claims this will raise taxes of over $300 billion. And guess what? It will increase the cost to the consumer. 
Frank Macchiarola is the API Senior Vice President of Policy, Economics, and Regulatory Affairs. And he recently told a major news network in an interview that specifically from our industry's perspective, the bill imposes significant taxes on the oil and gas industry here in the United States at a time when we should be incentivizing supply and lowering costs. It imposes a specific tax on imported oil and petroleum products in the form of the Superfund tax specific to the industry. That is an $11.6 billion tax increase. That is, again, at the worst possible time when we should be adding supply and limiting costs. We are imposing this tax that will harm the American consumer, families, and businesses that are looking for lower cost energy. Another provision in this bill specifically related to cost increases is the $6 billion new dollars in taxes on natural gas methane. This provision, we think, Macchiarola said, is unnecessary because the EPA is regulating in this space. It makes no sense at all to impose, on top of EPA regulations, a new tax on natural gas. Oh, man. What is Biden doing to this nation? He is going to end fossil fuel, but guess what? We do not have sufficient alternative energy resources available. It's going to take 50 plus years to provide equity, parity, equality with a one-to-one -one replacement electric for fossil. It's going to take 50 years to do that. Biden's wanting to shut off the gas and the oil right now knowing full well that there are nowhere near enough supplies of electric, electric generation, wind, solar, etc. to supplant the current fossil fuel usage in this country. Macchiarola said the APA supported some provisions of the bill that ensured the federal government would hold future oil and gas lease sales, but he said the tax increases outweigh the benefits. In other words, they're going to put so much tax on the industry that no matter how many open acres of land and water the Biden administration eventually opens to lease sales, the cost will be prohibited, or prohibitive rather, to go out and explore and produce. Macchiarola also noted the bill increases royalty fees that producers must pay for those leases, which means another tax. He says, on the one hand, there are provisions that would seem to advance the development of oil and gas, but on the other, there are provisions that raise the cost on American producers that are competing globally. So it makes you wonder whether this product of compromise between one segment of the Democratic Party and one senator is balanced enough for energy policy. From our standpoint in the oil and gas industry, it is most certainly not. Gasoline prices have fallen nearly a dollar per gallon since hitting the all-time high in June under Joe Biden's inflation. But they still remain more than a dollar seventy per gallon higher than they were the day gropey Joe Biden declared war on the oil and gas industry. Domestic crude oil production remains nearly a million barrels a day short of the pre-pandemic level. And yet... The Biden administration shut off production, shut down American domestic energy production, day one of his presidency. Meanwhile, nationwide prices for natural gas, which by the way is the largest source of electricity generation in the United States, have skyrocketed with September futures hitting $9.27 
per million BTUs, according to marketplace data. By comparison, the average price during the Donald Trump years for natural gas was less than $3.30 per million BTUs. So when your heating bills go up this winter, and as your electricity bills are skyrocketing right now, this summer, you can squarely blame Joe Biden and his war on the fossil fuel industry for more than tripling the cost per BTU of the natural gas that runs the electrical generating station that provides you the electricity to charge your phone, your computer, run your lights, your electricity, your heating in the winter time, your television, and your ability to listen to the Truth Hurts program, quite frankly. Mr. Macirola said the totality of all of this bill misses the mark, increased costs and taxes at a time when we should be focused on getting more supply into the mix and lowering costs for American producers who are now trying to compete globally during this so-called energy crisis. In addition to the taxes on fossil fuel production, the lie known as the Inflation Reduction Act puts in $369 billion for rebates on more efficient electric appliances and gives tax credits for solar panels and electric stoves and supposedly for electric vehicles. But as we've talked about in previous editions of the Truth Hurts program, most electric vehicles sold in the United States of America do not even qualify for those tax credits. The Biden signed law also extends subsidies for wind and solar infrastructure development. The Inflation Reduction Act, according to Joe Biden, invests $369 billion to take the most aggressive action ever, 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 he said, in confronting the climate crisis, but he said climate crisis, and strengthening our economic, our energy security. Wow. He reads whatever they write on that cue card. I'd love a Sharpie and five cue cards. Just one Sharpie, five cue cards, and five minutes to write down things for Joe Biden to mumble, fumble, stumble, mutter, and stutter. This is The Truth Hurts Program. Meanwhile, as Joe Biden and the Democratic Party continue to lie to you, telling you that everything is rosy and peachy keen and that somehow inflation is under control, we're still experiencing 8 and 9% overall year-to-year -year inflation under Joe Biden. And we're experiencing 40-year high inflation overall. The price of food, furniture, fuel, everything is going up. Yes, there's been a little bit of a downturn at the pump for gasoline and diesel. But it does not offset the double-digit increases in basic foodstuffs like bacon and eggs, cereal, bread, meat. Here's a couple of things you need to know about our economy. The number of new applications for unemployment benefits last week was 250,000. Rising jobless claims, a proxy for layoffs, are usually signs that the labor market is facing turbulence. The last time jobless claims were this high consistently was in November of last year when Joe Biden's inflation was beginning its upward tick. The new number of 
unemployment claims is not as high as it was during the height of the pandemic, but it should be a clue that a tight labor market may be slowing in response to the Federal Reserve's aggressive increasing in interest rates. Thank you, Joe Biden. Driving up interest rates slows demand and will result in recessionary conditions. This is Economics 101, people. In order to fight Joe Biden's explosive inflation, the Federal Reserve has been hiking rates at a historically high rate. You might recall in both June and July, they raised 75 basis point twice. That's the equivalent of six typical rate hikes, which would normally be in the course of a year. They did it in just two months. The action by the Fed, which has become increasingly more desperate in nature, is designed to slow spending. Well, the high inflation is enough to slow spending, my friends. Joe Biden's price hikes are well more than enough to slow spending. Every single one of the car manufacturers who puts out electric cars in the U.S. mysteriously, magically, and quietly raised the prices of those electric cars. You ready for this? by an average of $7,500, which, by the way, is the same amount of money that the Biden administration is proposing for tax credits if you buy an electric vehicle. But electric vehicles cost more than gasoline-powered vehicles anyway. Many economists and economic experts see the Fed's task of driving up rates while trying to avoid a recession is increasingly unlikely. The more our central banking system is forced to hike interest rates, the higher the odds become of the United States entering a major recession. In addition to the growing number of jobless claims, our GDP fell at almost 1% annualized rate in the second quarter following the first quarter drop. That is the very definition of inflation. The report of the Bureau of Economic Analysis recently showed two straight quarters of declining GDP, even after adjusting for inflation. The indication that the economy is in recession is that there are still openings for jobs out there. The economy supposedly recovered about 528,000 jobs in July that were lost due to the Democrat Party response to the Wuhan, China novel coronavirus pandemic. The unemployment rate, artificially low at about 3.5%, thanks to some very, very handy accounting adjustments. By the way, we're speaking of Joe Biden's wonderful economy. We're speaking of all of the recession and the inflation that's going on at the same time. Joe Biden's wife has COVID. Joe Biden had COVID just a couple of weeks ago, not once, but twice. But the Biden administration, according to the Wall Street Journal's Stephanie Armour, is calling for an end of the COVID-19 shot and treatment coverage paid for by the taxes that you and I put into the economy. This article begins, the Biden administration is planning for an end to its practice of paying for COVID-19 shots and treatments, shifting more control of pricing and coverage to the healthcare industry in ways that could generate sales for companies 
and increase costs for consumers for years to come. The Department of Health and Human Services plans to hold a planning session at the end of August to bring together representatives from drug makers, pharmacies, state health departments, and others with a stake in the COVID-19 treatment industry. That is how they wrote this. The COVID-19 treatment industry. I told you early on in the Wuhan, China novel coronavirus pandemic, follow the money. Follow the investments of the democratic legislators and of the Fufuchis of the world. Follow the money. You have an industry created around a virus that killed less than 0.0003% of the population. It killed less than 0.002% of those who were infected with the China virus. Shifting payments for COVID-19 drugs, vaccines, and treatments to the commercial market will certainly cause, in my opinion, more people to take a no approach to the shots. You see, people got used to the government just handing them out for free because everybody likes something for nothing. Everybody like a free lunch. Everybody like that government cheese, y'all. But you tell someone in the lower economic class of Americans that they will now have to pay for the shot, for the boosters, for the ongoing lie. And they're probably going to tell you to go pound sand or kick rocks. That's just my opinion. I guess it's around this time that people like Joe Biden and the Democratic Party have already invested heavily in those drug companies, knowing that they're going to shift it away from the government paying for it at a discounted price to you and I having to pay for it at full retail. And on a related topic, The Guardian's Maya Yang says most have thrown their hands up. Has the U.S. forgotten about COVID? Well, despite the signs that indicate the latest COVID-19 surge is slowing down, an average of 400 deaths in the U.S. is still reported each and every day under Joe Biden's shutting down the virus, not the economy. Various masking and social distancing mandates across the country are being eliminated altogether. Those still in place are not strictly enforced. But as Americans and many of their elected officials just go about their daily lives, many healthcare professionals on the front lines of the pandemic are left wondering whether the rest of us are moving too quickly away from the worst days of the pandemic. The big question, has America simply forgotten about COVID? Data obtained earlier this month by the CDC reveals the rate of new infections has been decreasing. The country reporting an average of 107,000 new cases a day, which is a 12% increase compared to infection rates just two weeks ago. Hospital admission rates, however, have been increasing across the U.S. as the result of so-called highly infectious variants. The amount of patients currently hospitalized is around 43,000, according to DHS. By contrast, more than 160,000 virus-positive patients were hospitalized during the surge last winter. But the daily average of 400,000 here under Joe Biden's mishandling of the COVID crisis is a concerning statistic for healthcare workers and officials. They're more worried right now about men packing fudge with other men and spreading monkeypox. In New Orleans, Louisiana, Decadence, Southern Decadence, is a festival of queers, gays, homosexuals, LGBTQIA, RSTUV plus types. 
where a bunch of slimy men usually run parading around half-naked, naked, dressed like women, touching, fondling, feeling each other up, sweating against each other with their open sores. Oh yes, you want to talk about a super spreader event. That'll be this Labor Day in New Orleans when the Southern Decadence Festival invades the French Quarter of New Orleans, an already filthy, piss-laden, stinky hellhole of robberies, carjackings, drug use, prostitution, and everything else. Yes, that Southern Decadence Festival will be a super spreader event for the monkeypox. And in the U.S., supposedly the first case of human-to-animal transmission of monkeypox has been identified. I guess you really should tell Fido about your open sores before you have him lick peanut butter off of your... Oh, never mind. It's not worth it. Hey, folks, I've run slap flat out of time for this edition of the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. It's Friday, so try and have a great weekend. And we'll see you next time on the Truth Hurts program. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution while we still have one. I apologize if you are offended, but I retract nothing because what I speak is the truth even though sometimes the truth hurts. Copyright 2022, the Truth Hurts Program Network, all rights reserved. Background music, courtesy of the great maestro Jason Shaw and Audionautics. Thank you, sir. We'll see you next time. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. I apologize if you were offended, but I retract nothing. Background music provided by Jason Shaw and Audionautics.